This is the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast with addiction recovery specialist, Dr. Greg Lakin. Real people, real stories, real addiction, and real recovery journeys. The Road to Recovery starts now. Thank you, Phil. We have another episode of the Lakin Chronicles where we just talk to people that have been down the path of addiction and succeeded in overcoming it. So um, I just get a, I think it's great to have people tell their story, especially a story of success and and it wasn't all easy, I know, but um, David, just just start from the beginning and tell people how, how was it that, that you got addicted to pain pills and, and just how easily it happens and progresses. Um, basically, it, I started around 17 or 18. Of course, I, I was drinking and uh, I'm also bipolar and right. I didn't figure that out until I was 30. So early on, I had mental health issues, uh, especially depression with it. Um, but around 17 or 18, um, when I was in high school, a friend of mine, his uh, granddad, owned a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started going in there at night, taking pills, mostly opiates. And uh, I'll tell you what, the very first time I took, uh, it was basically a handful of Demerol, Percocets, went home, and <clears throat> I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, from then on, I mean, I was like, in fact, that first night, that high, I was like, I'm in trouble <laughs> because you were, you like the feeling. The so sensation much. it yeah. it knocked out the depression, and ever since then it's just been you know a roller coaster. But uh, I knew the first time I tried it that uh, yeah that I was going to have issues. Yeah. And uh, then you build up a tolerance, and so it just progressed. You do. So, um, yeah. When I was about twenty. Uh, Heather and I, who's my wife now, we moved to Cheney, Kansas, and uh, lived there for about seven years. But uh, I actually made it through school when I was around 25, 26. Um, but around 24, 25, I started using opium. Mm-hmm. And that was my primary addiction for the next 20, almost 20 years. Um, wasn't using really street narcotics. Just, just an opium, and uh, and when you say opium, you're you're talking about oxycodone. I'm talking opium, straight um, opium. I was like, okay. yeah, I don't know if you want me to tell you how I was getting it because it, it was it's harder to get now, but yeah. uh, you used to be able to purchase dried poppy pods on the internet, and they were opium poppy pods, so you make tea. I also grew it in my backyard, so um, but basically I, I would whip up some tea and the thing with opium is it's so long acting I would I'd be high do one dose be high for over 24 hours so it was long acting and I was using that to treat the the depression because when I would use it it would usually just knock out a cycle and Mm -hmm. it just became more and more until I hit about 30 and I just I woke up one day and uh, it just I mean the, the floor fell out just mentally everything um, and then I went to the cycle from about 30 to 32 of just in and out of the psych ward uh, in Wichita a total of close to 50 times in two right. year period and for uncontrolled bipolar uncontrolled and, bipolar and yeah. addiction both yeah. and it wasn't until about the end of that two years that they actually diagnosed me with the bipolar and uh, I spent the next probably from 32 to 40 uh, just trying to get the meds regulated just for the bipolar. And it wasn't until I was about 40 years old that I found a combination that worked. And 
the main issue I was having was I was either just dealing with the bipolar and not the addiction or the addiction and not the bipolar. Mm -hmm. So I would be doing fine in one area and not really taking care of the other areas. So it took several years to finally learn how to balance that out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was probably till you know, I was 40, 41, till uh, I finally started to get some kind of footing and uh, on, on both issues, so uh, it wasn't until here recently, I, I was on Depakote and Seroquel, those are my two main medications for the bipolar, and uh, I stayed on that combination for 10 years. It wasn't just until a few months ago they took me off the Depakote and got me on a new medication, because it, 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 I was struggling in the last few years because it, the Depakote just wasn't working. Sure. So, Anyway, that's kind of everything, kind of in a, a nutshell. Right. Well, there's so many lessons to be learned here. First of all, you didn't know that you had a mood disorder. Oh, I had and no yet, idea. Subconsciously or consciously, you were trying to treat your own. I was always self-medicating, self you know. And uh, I, I knew I had something going on, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew that when I feel a cycle coming on, if I hit it really hard with the opiates, several times I'd just be able to bypass it. So you and could bypass the manic, the manic, manic episodes. And the, and yeah. the dip, the low bows and the dip with just blowing it out with opiates. And it, it worked for several years, I mean, to, to an extent, but I was also functional. I could function mm -hmm. on the opiates. I mean, it brought me up to a level that I was just functional. And that's kind of where the Suboxone comes in. It brings me to a level where I'm just functional and I don't obsess over opiates, you know, kind of breaks that cycle a little bit. I mean, it's just one part. There's still other things you have to do. I, I just can't rely on the medication. You know, I still go to counseling. I go to groups. Um, you know, it's just it's one part of the of the recipe for success, I guess. Well, and you're so intelligent. So you were able to get away with kind of self-treating your own uncontrolled bipolar, both the dips and the manic, right? with whatever drugs you had in hand. I mean, it was, exactly. to you, it was better than uncontrolled. Yeah, you, oh yeah. But by the same token, it was really hard to diagnose your mood disorder because people probably assumed that it was, it was brought just, on by drugs, or yeah. brought on by, you know. And, and that's the biggest part when I was just going in and out of the sideboard was, does he really have a mood, mood disorder or is it addiction? You know, what do we do? His urines are coming back positive for this or positive for that. And right. So it's easier to just categorize, hey, he's just a drug addict. Yeah. He's yeah. just taking these drugs. He's just, you know. Exactly. So you never really got probably definitive help or good help or a good diagnosis until, like you said, later on in life. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I actually got away from... Uh, St. Joe and the psychiatrist I was seeing then that I actually ended up going to, to Halstead when they were still open, uh, right. Dr. Hahn. I remember him. And he's yes. the one that he took me off everything and he started me from scratch and in three or four weeks he's like, I promise you if you stay on this, mm -hmm. he's like, you're going to feel better. Sure enough, I did. It started, you know, I could finally at least see some hope. Yeah, he was an amazing doctor, recently retired, but yes, he amazing. was. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean he he was a lifesaver for me. He so did. good. No, so finally you start to realize, hey, this is really a mood disorder that I've got to get control of or I'll never get my life back. Yes. 
And so you, to your credit, you, you, you did that. And yeah. now you're on, um, new meds. There's yes. always new meds out there and new right. treatment regimes for, for bipolar or exactly. any other associated mood disorder. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, I mean, to your credit, I mean, you've been doing well. Tell, yes. tell people what you're doing now. Well, I, back when I was 30 and living in Cheney, um, I actually was working in IT field mm -hmm. for, you know, two or three years. And uh, when we moved back to Pratt, my wife got a really good job in Pratt. That's why we moved back uh, to Pratt, where we were originally from. Um, now I'm a CNA at the hospital. I also do maintenance. And uh, I'm going back to school right now to get my physical therapy assistant license. So. Perfect. No, thank you to, for your service. I mean, you're there frontline in the hospital. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, thank you. Contributing, absolutely. So, uh, what what do you think your secrets are to, to well, we use Suboxone as a tool as well. Right. And and so, tell, tell people how that worked for you. Um, Incredibly well. Where I was first introduced uh, to boxing, I actually went to uh, Hazleton in Minnesota back, let's see, I'm trying to think. It was probably about 14 years ago. And uh, they treated me with Suboxone when I was coming off the opiates. And uh, the psychiatrist uh, who treated me there said, hey, they're also doing research on using this as long term. So when you get out, you might try to pursue that. And so the problem is, you're going to probably have a hard time finding somebody to prescribe it. And uh, but uh, I was really impressed with it, just because it took away the cravings. Um, you're functional, you know. You don't get a high from it, and uh, it just it just blew me away how much it helped with my addiction side and that that uh, obsessive thinking. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's kind of where I got introduced to it. And uh, I did find somebody um, when I got back to Pratt. I actually had to go to Kansas City. I uh, found a doctor there that I went to for five or six years. And uh, so I, I've actually been on Suboxone now probably 12 years. Now I have had some relapses in between, and that's more or less because I've had slips in the uh, with the bipolar. Right. Because whenever I had like a major, even with medication, you're still going to have, Ups you know, and symptoms. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it was so hard to break that instinct to just, you know, fire it out, you know, by just mm -hmm. going all out. So, mm -hmm. but uh, the last few years have been probably the best years of my life just because I've gotten everything manageable and the bipolar seems to be a lot more manageable. I don't have the, the extreme ups or downs, and it, a lot of that's because I don't use like I used to. Mm -hmm. You know, I take my medication every day, um, just doing meetings, still doing counseling, you know, doing those small things, eating right, you know, sleeping. There's the, the small things you have to do every day to stay on top of it, you know, besides the just the addiction part. So. No, it's a lot of work to keep your mood stable. It and, is. And certainly uh, buprenorphine products like Suboxone, I mean, they've got that long, long half-life too. Exactly. So they help add to the stability. And then, of course, your controller meds for your bipolar. Yes. You know, I mean, any quick fix is going to be wear off quickly and it's going to be counterproductive. So yes. it takes people a long time to realize. Like, it if does. there's a quick fix, like a Xanax or a hydrocodone or whatever right. it is, 
every quick fix is going to be counterproductive in the long run, and you just start it that is. cycle again. It is. Yeah. And it, it took me a long time to really realize that that you know it's just not worth doing. Right. And I think the other hard part with with the bipolar is uh, it it takes a long time to get adjusted to those medications. So mm -hmm. it's it's such a long process, and sometimes the medication doesn't work, so we have to try something else. So yeah. it's another month, two month wait, so you really get the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. So kind of hard to be patient when you're manic. Right. You know, or, right. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that's helped me tremendously is just having external support. Um, luckily, I have a wife that's very supportive. Right. Um, I got family, I have friends, uh, even at work that I've worked with for, you know, 10, 12 years that say, you know, will, will tell me if I'm not happy. So that it helps to have that external feedback, right. so I can kind of because a lot of times I don't see it myself. No. So no, you need to have support there. That's everybody as intelligent as you are, and will call you on your BS, right? And you have to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's the hard part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's a lot of good lessons to be learned, and, and, and it's for you. I know it's been a, a longer battle because of a of a mood disorder right. in the mix, you know, and yet. We have so many people out there that have mood disorders that keep them addicted, or, or yes, at least they do. maybe the mood disorder was actually part of the cause for their addiction. Exactly. And so you were, you did well to treat both at the same time. And, yes. And it took a while, but you did it. And so, what is life like on the other side? It's you know it's wonderful because you know when I was using, I mean every day it was just like keeping your head above water. You know, you were just barely be able to get through the day. It's like. Where am I going to get my next fix? You know, how am I going to? Where am I going to get the money to get to get my supply, my drugs? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's it's just you're just uh, subsisting, you're just surviving. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, you know, I'm not just uh, a survivor. I'm like thriving. So I'm on the other side where you get to a point where you can start enjoying life again. Like I said, the last few years have been really the best years of my life because I'm able to enjoy things now. I mean, I, I can't tell you how, how good life is yep. you know, today compared to really the last 40 years of my life, 30 years of my life, you know? Yeah, I like that. your message that you're constantly vigilant. You've literally set yourself up for success by yes. having those around you that, that, that will watch you as well as doing the work with regard to groups and just being, yes. Uh, because I, I I have some really good friends. Mm -hmm. one, one is a physician that, that helped train me, but he loved the manic. And he yes. would literally <laughs> let, he'd go off his meds so he could go manic, and he thought he was doing the work of two or three people at the time, and yet it always ended. It, it always, always ends bad. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So it, it is hard to, as, as a person with bipolar, especially when you have, you like the manic to stay on your meds. Is that fair to say? Yeah, or? it is because several times I went off the meds and I mm -hmm. would get, I, or I'd just be feeling good and think, well, I, maybe I, don't, I didn't really have bipolar. Right. You right. know, and that happened, you know, numerous times. And, you know, every time it, it was just crash and burn. Yeah. You know, it, it took a long time to realize I, I am bipolar. I had a hard time accepting mental health. Mm -hmm. I always knew I had an addiction that. It was already. It was harder to accept the, the mental health issue than it was the addiction. 
because nobody wants to say they're, you know, they have something wrong mentally, but, uh, you right. know, that's a hard, there's such a stigma mm -hmm. with it, so, but, uh, and they say that a lot. I mean, there's so much addiction in the various world of mood disorders. And yes. although, you know, the addiction is the headline, the real story is, hey, we've got an underlying mood disorder that's never been treated correctly. Yes. And the person's maybe self-treating with whatever they have. Like, I'll talk to people, and and I don't know that you inherit um, the tendency to be addicted, but I do know you inherit the tendency for certain mood disorders, perhaps, yes. or the or the or the ability to go into fight or flight quickly. And so, I often hear from some of my patients that, well, you know, my grandpa, they were out, he was an alcoholic, and my dad smoked marijuana, and my mom liked her mommy's little helper, her valet, right. or whatever, and I, I just smoke pot and take pain pills, you know, right. and it's like they're treating the same disorder on yes. anxiety or bipolar or whatever it was, they're treating the same disorder, but just with whatever the soup de jour is of that generation, you know, exactly, yeah. exactly, but uh, yeah, I mean, today, today it's good, you know, not, not every day is great, I still have cycles uh, with the bipolar, but they are just not as near severe, I mean, it's pretty level, and uh, I'm just more lucid in general. You know, I can actually plan to do things like long term, right? Which right. I never had that ability before. Yeah. You just can't do that when you're addicted. You mm -hmm. just—it's a way short term of everything. That reactive fight or flight part it of your is, brain. It, it, it is. can care less about tomorrow when it's running the show. It's just worried about the next ten minutes. So. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's wonderful, David. I, I appreciate you coming out and telling your story. I mean, it, it takes a lot of courage. To tell your story, and the sole purpose of, of you doing this is to help others, yes, and, and to, to let them know that it can be done, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely can. Yeah. You just you've got to be persistent, you have to really want it, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's never going to be perfect, you know, you're always going to have struggles. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just how you deal with those struggles and how you deal with them, and uh, you know, you just do the next right thing, you know, it's hard to do sometimes, but uh, you, you know, you can do it. You know, yeah, you're you your testimony that it, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's yeah. definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. Uh, just, you know, whatever you put into it, I get 10 times back. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot to get some success. Just, you know, if you just apply yourself a little bit, uh, you'll get it back tenfold. So, well, thank you again for telling your story and no, just thank you. And, and inspiring others that, that they can, they can. They can pull this off. There's, sure. They say 80% of the people that need help out there are, are not getting it. And a lot That's of them true. don't feel like they can do it. And so, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you again. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We'll do a little fist bump. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's thank see you, later. Dr. Lakin. Thank you, Beth. Dr. Lakin is a board-certified family medicine doctor with an emphasis in addiction medicine and over 25 years of experience. For addiction recovery services in the Wichita area, please visit www.centerforchangeks.com or visit samhsa.gov for a national directory of resources and recovery centers in your area. You can also find these links in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to the Lake and Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast. And remember, you've got this.